Hey guys, this is Matt with the Great Romance Podcast Season 3, and uh, I've had to hunt this guy down. No, that's not true. Um, <laughs> we just had to get schedules together because he's a busy guy, and it does kind of surprise me that it's taken me three seasons to have you on based on our our past experience. Yeah. But maybe yeah. the timing is right. Let, let yeah, me introduce. That might be the thing is timing. Yeah. yeah. I think so. Uh, this is Bill Stanley. Bill, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Live from Floridianville, yeah. right? Um, yep, yep. And so Bill and I, I think I can use the words go way back. And that's, oh, absolutely. that's accurate. Yep, um, yep. Doing ministry together, tours together, camps together, yep, <laughs> so yep. many things. Um, and so I did want to ask you this because I'm interested with how, like, what what your memories are. Yeah. Do you remember the first time that we met? I okay. So you might be thinking Nashville, but what I learned in Nashville, what I thought was the first time we met, was actually not. And I'm embarrassed right. to say that that day when you were like, "Dude, you know we know each other." I was like, oh, I'm so good to finally meet you. And da, 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 da. and you were like, dude, you know, we've met before. And I was like, no, what are you talking about? And we had met previous, like a couple of years ago at a different camp. Mm-hmm. Um, more than likely, um, was it was it in the Aurora area, Chicago area? Yes, that, okay. that's at a um, middle school. That's right. Uh, can't, well, at least I remember I was with our church as a chaperone and we had only brought okay. middle schoolers. That's oh, what gotcha. I remember. Yeah. I, and I, and, and you know how it is when you put, you try to place people, mm-hmm. you, 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 you don't necessarily place them where you're seeing them in the moment. So I was like, right. You know what I mean? I was like, I've never worked with you before, but mm-hmm. I had never worked with you in that, that, yes. in that moment where you were, you know, leading the band. And I, of course I was speaking and we were helping lead, you know, it was a totally different situation. So yeah, for well, me, the, yes. the first time we ever met was Nashville. Right. Right. Well, know, and we have a well over a decade ago now. Well, and we, Oh my gosh, geez, it is. Um, we have yeah. a common friend in Luann. That's right. Uh, Luann Warren. And so she had, she was the youth pastor at my church and she just needed a male chaperone. And so I went along and I remember she introduced me to you. And then I'm going to say this and you're going to be like, Matt, how do you not know his name? Who was leading worship at most of the radius camp things then? Yeah, we called him Ivy. Ivy. That's yeah, Jim Iverson. He's a native of the Aurora area. Yes. You know, and and so, we were sort of back at his home church. And I remember meeting him and you because Lou Ann was like, uh, I think you will click with these guys yeah well we i mean we talked but obviously yeah. dude you were the speaker yeah you had things going on so nashville was probably more of where yeah. we got to like hang out and and the, and the chaperone when you're the chaperone of a, of a short-term mission trip <laughs> there's no free time really so no. No. you and i really finally got to connect and hang yes again in nashville and which in in nashville um we were just talking in the in the pre-interview um i would say this story that i'm gonna let you tell because you you nail it 
it it literally might be in the top three all time of of ministry if yeah i guess we'll still call that ministry yeah. stories that you you'll say it and i'll be like no that didn't happen so oh, yeah, so what do you remember about that fateful evening on the strip oh, of nashville awesome i love you say faithful like somebody died you know there was a train you know? <laughs> faithful um, well no so so if you followed my my speaking or or you know kind of ministry at any level you know i i have this philosophy that i believe i i fully believe we're all living in our own reality show right mm -hmm. you know i mean you know it's like oh the kardashians or no no listen we are all living a very similar existence the difference is the cameras are invisible right <laughs> there's no cameras and that's why it's hard for us to go back and tell people you you just won't believe this story it's so hilarious or whatever but I, I just think we're living in that that reality show because there's stuff that happens to us every day sometimes sadly tragic right yes but so often just stupid or funny you know or whatever happens and this kind of falls in the stupid and funny kind of moment <laughs> we get a uh we get a i don't know if it was a free night or if it was a night before the next stop of the tour or whatever oh, i can't remember we found ourselves in nashville right yeah. well we were in nashville but we found ourselves going down um i guess it's broadway is that yeah. what that street is called yeah, yeah. a little honky-tonk area you know yeah. Everybody should do that once and then never again. Amen. Okay. Amen. This Experience it for me. Yeah. Do yeah. I sound old now all of a sudden? No. Well, if no. you do, then so do I, because it's okay. too many people. It's too many people for me. Yeah. Because <laughs> now, now it's the bridal parties. Right. Like, like right. The bridal parties yeah. are everywhere. And it's just, it yeah. just weirds me out because they're all trying to like one up all the other bridal parties. But anyway. But this was just a, a typical night. It was probably even before bridal party craziness. Yeah. And so we're, we see an ice cream place. Uh, I'm an ice cream. I'm a, I'm a fiend for ice cream. I will mm -hmm. eat ice cream once a day. Right. You know, and um, I'm with you. So we see ice cream. We all go in there. We get our ice cream and we get a table by a window and what do you do is you people watch, right? I mean, we're pretty much in a fishbowl and um, we're looking outside. The street lights are bright. You know, it's, it's Nash Vegas for a reason, right? right? They call it that for a reason. So we're watching hundreds, thousands of people go by. Well, and I don't know who, maybe it was Corey or somebody, but Matt got so enthralled with whoever pointed it out that there's this, <laughs> I forgot it's, this about horse it. and and buggy, right? You remember this part? Yes. And and this horse and carriage or whatever you call it, you know, is Cinderella wannabes outside, mm -hmm. and the guy is waiting for somebody to come and pay a thousand dollars or whatever it is to get <laughs> on this thing. I'm I'm being facetious, but they always right. seem way more expensive than it's worth. Yes. And he's got a dog sitting shotgun. He's got like some golden lab mutt looking thing sitting shotgun. <laughs> and I hear Matt in that Matt, you know, that sort of high timbre voice go, that dog is drinking beer. <laughs> <laughs> and we look out and this guy is sharing his, he's got like about a 16 ounce cup of beer, clear beer. So you can tell definitely 
you know, who knows what it was, but it had a, it had a beer look. I forgot about this part, dude. I'm not yeah. lying. I well, forgot this is what this sets part. up the story. Actually. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So this is what got us in the predicament that we were in because oh, now man. all eyes are focused on this dude with a, a, a cup of beer and his dog is just going to town. Oh, yeah. Licking the beer out of this oh, yeah. glass. Yeah. And, and I think we're half mesmerized. Possibly a little half jealous of the uh, of the dog, because we're working at camp, so we're we're sort of we're sort of teetotalers for the day, right? You know, for the week, because we are working at camp, right? It's not a day off yet. Right. We're eating ice cream, you know. <laughs> uh, at least we had ice cream. That's and, true. That's true. And, like good Christians should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then we're also sort of like, dude should dogs be drinking beer so we're probably a little bit appalled by wondering is that healthy for the dog right. you know right. and, you know because we started to discuss it do you know what i mean yeah, like yeah, we, we we, we started to develop it right yeah yeah we're breaking this down like yeah. we're you know like it's game you know, film yeah, yeah like it's game film you know yeah. like we're on some kind of you know uh espn you yeah. know show here we're breaking it down you know and, and then one of us gets on the subject of, should this guy be drinking and carriaging people around the city? You know, say, so, hey, you never know, you know, oh, I'll, I'll have the Nashville tourist board on the phone. Here. <laughs> They're going to be you know, uh, lawyers for Nash Vegas line one, <laughs> but no. So while we are now absolutely fixed and, and for the, for the, for the listeners at home, or wherever I say at home, like that's the only place you listen to the podcast. So in your car or whatever, I want you to just sort of, now if you're driving, don't do this and wreck your car. But <laughs> if you're on a stationary situation, just start staring into something. And that's us staring at this dog. Well, right as we're staring at this dog, in walks into our peripheral, a stripper from one of the clubs. Now, at the time, we don't know she's a stripper. And so I'm not stereotyping. I'm calling her a stripper because we learned this after the fact. Yes, yes. That's this valid. Young, oh. voluptuous woman. Somebody's Googling that word right now. Um, is Walks into our peripheral and, and, and kind of waves at us. And she thinks we're staring at her. And I'm sure it looks like we were. Yeah. Now, I'm, without a doubt. Now, yeah. at this point, it was either me or Corey, I think. We're on a different side of the table. Yes. Yeah. So we have sort of figured out. So so you're sort of sitting almost like we are, uh, you know, in front of us right here. Right. So yeah. you're sitting. The stripper has come up on your, let's say, 12 o'clock, you know, or you're six o'clock, I guess. She's behind you. Yes. So we're looking right at her. and We kind of give the the proverbial nod, like, what's yeah. up, you know? Yeah. And your face is into the screen, <laughs> like you're going to sort of do some kind of matrix. You're going to go into the screen and be with this dog. And you are so, Matt is so enthralled with his dog. that he, I was. <laughs> he doesn't see the stripper that's waving and trying to flag At him all. Down. At all. Yeah. Yeah. At all. And so finally, I'm not sure if you finally caught her glimpse or whatever, but she gives him this like really like sultry look, like how you doing, you know, like, like we were trying to pick her up or we yeah. were gawking at her. 
Yep. She has no idea. We were honest to God looking at this dog drinking beer out of a plastic clear solo cup as God is my witness. Hand to God for my yeah. wife who listens on occasion. Exactly. I'm looking at the dog. <laughs> so she's got this handful. And if you've ever been to Vegas, LA, New York City, and, and evidently Nashville now. Right, right. The some of the uh, some of the uh, establishments yes. have their employees walking around handing business cards to the various, you know, I guess the booby clubs or whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so she takes one of these cards and on the back of the card, just oh. like just like almost like like she's filming something sultry like licks it slowly. And mm. deliberately licks it while staring at Matt, like laser beams through his face. He's definitely now figured out something's going on now right. because she's now blocking the dog. So yeah. she finishes licking it and then just slaps it to the window. Right on the window. Yeah. So that the picture of her and all her, oh. how shall we say, strip club resume yes is out there for all to see i i now know where she is if i need to find her <laughs> yes absolutely and like a mic drop like licks this thing slaps oh, it to the window this is pre-covid so i guess the strippers could do that it was a lot you, know? yeah, you could do it. Uh, they could do that then you know was, covid was long way away right right licks it okay. slaps it in like a mic drop that was like her mic drop bam and you know, saunters or, and saunters yeah. away after yes or like the late john madden would have said boom yes and then she yeah. just just yeah. mic drops and like a you know like a like miss america on the catwalk just, just like a model mind. just takes off and i remember being so embarrassed oh yeah like i think the blood left my face. Oh, it was the best part of the store. You guys start fall, like laughing, falling out of your seats. Oh, we're rolling. Um, and it because literally. The look on your face was priceless. Was it was priceless. Like, absolutely priceless. It was like, you what? So embarrassed. Happened? You know what I mean? Like what did we were. It started with a dog drinking beer. Yes. And then the lady of the evening. Yes. Letting me know where she worked. Absolutely. Man. Yeah. I, and I don't know, again, man, like, how do you, how do you top that story? I, I interviewed one guy who was in a band who said, he told me a story of being on tour and getting robbed. Oh, and that was at, at like a truck stop diner. Yeah. And yeah. that was like, that was pretty high up. I think this might be my, that story. Well, it, it's got to be, and let's be honest, we've never really discussed this further. And it's not like we did anything wrong, but it was sort of like, we do not speak of this, you know? Correct. Uh, Correct. <laughs> the reality, though, is, is that not the most Nashville thing of all time? Oh, gosh. Just think and about the four or five country music titles we could make out of that encounter. And we should have immediately written a song then. We should have started and doing it on like, a napkin right there. Right. I mean, that would you know have I mean? been the hit. That would have yeah. financed everything. Uh, stripper on the downtown. I don't know. What, Let's go what, for it. I mean, what are what are some titles that come to mind? I mean, um, my next ex-wife. I mean, is that the most country <laughs> song of all time? <laughs> and you'd 
And I think you also could, if you combine something with, um, you like, you know, my dog, my dog's drinking my beer and I almost missed out on my next wife. I mean, something like that. Oh, there you go. Because the dog drinking the beer, like still, I've kind yeah. of forgot about that part, but that's set yeah. the whole thing. Off. And Drunk dog in a stripper pole. That's a chorus right there. <laughs> that's it. This thing writes itself. What's that's a funny, chorus right there. What's funny yeah. about it is like you said. Kenny Chesney needs to pick this up somewhere. <laughs> somebody, you know. As long as we get money for it. Nicole Kidman's trophy husband, start writing this. <laughs> Whatever his name is, Keith but, Urban. I can't remember. But then we have this experience and then have to go back and finish like the week of camp. Do you know what <laughs> I mean? Like, collect ourselves <laughs> so and we're spiritually kind of, lead people. And you know what else, dude? I forgot yeah. about this because it, it was that, it had to have been this church because I think that's the only time I did Radius Camp in Nashville yeah. that time with you. Yeah. Maybe one of the time, but I'm pretty sure it was this. Oh, it's the was big that, Was that also the place where I got bit by a spider? That is correct. It was that. that. Correct. I just told that story the other day because I forgot about it. And if you'll remember, I was playing guitar and my fingers started to go numb. And I had been bitten by something. I forgot about that. Right? And oh I was like, gosh calling around this like this was the ultimate and we were we were sleeping in sunday school rooms oh yeah all of us air mattresses yeah um we probably right? ate several spiders that week oh, and didn't even know God. it and i think going to get ice cream was our treat every night was after worship we'll yeah. just walk down the street yeah go have a little ice cream a little downtime yeah. and uh, i think I think Bennett was on that trip playing guitar and he stuff. He was, that's right. Bennett was the guitar yeah. and fiddle player. Yes. And I call it a fiddle because we were in Nashville. We were in Nashville. We realized it was a violin. Colin was drumming. Colin was drumming. Colin was right. And Corey. Yep. And Corey was playing bass. Man, that's a cast of characters. And and Uncle Fester was the broke down, <laughs> broke down carriage uh, yeah. ride driver. Was this also, man, like, as I'm saying all this, we crammed a ton into this week. Was this also when we saw Man of Steel? That is correct. Because I feel Bennett was with us because That's we correct. all liked it and he did yeah. not. Exactly. Bennett was like, I don't get it. I don't understand it. <laughs> and we were like, with it. it's Superman. What do you not get? Yeah. Now, and, and, and you know what? The more I watch it, Bennett's not wrong. Yeah. You know, we look back and DC has rushed some stuff. Oh. But for me, I'm the kind of guy that, I mean, there's an exception to the rule here with what I'm about to say. Okay. There is occasionally the worst movie of all time. Yes. Outside of that, I typically find something endearing in every film, every show. Yep. And I'm, I'm just, I mean, my wife hates this about me because I'm like, ooh, that was a great shot by the director. And my wife's really like, <laughs> do we care i'm trying to understand the storyline and you're dissecting the daisies and the horizon and the 10 minute moving shot you know what i mean and i'm like well, but it's that, an art form i get the art form but that's one thing that i think connected you and me and and yeah. the guys that i had in the band yeah. was we'd always try to see a movie exactly anytime we played together yeah. we would be like we got to go to the show at least once and we would see some great things and then yes. we'd see some stinkers like the second Dumb and Dumber. 
I think. Yeah, yeah. I remember going to see it together, and that was like, oh my gosh, because I don't do really scary movies. I'm not down with that. I'm, it well, frightens the death out of me. And that was just you and me. Oh, it may that you may be right. That's right. And I and I don't remember. It was Nashville, right? Wait, um, were you like laid over somewhere from like flying in? Yeah, it was Nashville again on a different situation, wasn't and it? I, and I was down by myself. I That's wasn't. Right. You were you were down recording or something. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember. And you were like, "Hey, let's see yeah. it." Yeah. And I'm the same way, dude. I don't do yeah. scary. Yeah. That's but funny. oh my gosh! Well, of course, and then we and then we made the pact to see chapter two together, and we're <laughs> never never able to keep that promise because yeah. I kind of. Uh, stop traveling full time you know so i I, just our paths i don't think i've seen you since that day except on video i think on on youtube and and yeah well you also yeah you did a facetime for me when we released the live uh that's right that's right because we did that at your church yeah um and and let's actually get into this just a little bit i know we jumped in that story yeah yeah that's iconic we have that had to be it's epic show yes so um, where we met was you were a traveling, uh, preacher, pastor, yeah, yeah. speaker, and, um, radius camp was where we started things. And from there, it just kind of blossomed into multiple opportunities, whether we put those together ourselves or, you know, our past would cross at different things, but like how long had you been traveling and speaking bill like how yeah. long have you done that at that point it was over 20 years i mean oh. i started doing a whole lot of different stuff um everything from a, a small um you know short-term mission trip with uh you know a dozen or or, or more folks on a mm-hmm. uh, floor sleeping on a floor and and just kind of keeping it laid back to you know obviously progressing to um, bigger situations where you know I'm getting to speak in front of thousands, and then the, the the beauty for me of Radius Camp was sort of getting back to those roots. Right. So I had already been speaking, and 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 you know where these big conferences and stuff, and for me Radius Camp was an opportunity to sort of, and I hear people talk about this a lot in 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 a lot of circles of life. You know what I mean? Um, like the professional athlete that you know, uh, after retirement goes back to coach, you know, mm-hmm. little league or something or pop Warner, you know, it's just like, they always, you know, want to get back to where those roots are for me. Radius camp was an opportunity to get back to small and intimate and feeling like the most important thing of the week was the people in the city and not the, not the programming. And I think that's another thing that you and I, um, hit you know as we hit it off as friends is i think there was a genuineness and an authenticity in us that wasn't like you know this is about me right i think i appreciated that about you and i I feel like you me and then you know we ended up doing some more gigs together and i really appreciated getting back to those roots and so that's kind of how we met you know yeah Yeah. well and let me ask you this because you just you're kind of going that place and it just interests me to hear so we talk about playing the more intimate events where yeah. you can kind of get down on this, you know, like build some relationships. And then there's also the things where there's 500, 
a yeah. thousand kids and you're yeah. speaking in front of those. So like, it sounds like I know the answer to this, but like, which, which one, if you had to choose, do you prefer of those two and why? Yeah. Um, well, it's, 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 it's probably difficult. You'll probably expect me to say the smaller and, and give some great, and that's probably the truth. And I'll get back to that. Mm-hmm. But, but they're, to me, they're both equally um, meaningful to me. Okay. Because as a speaker, and I'll use the word entertainer, and I don't mean entertainer from the sense that I'm just trying to be funny, but I definitely have a comedic outlook to, to the way that I try to speak and write mm-hmm. talks. And I, I try to use the humor of what's going on in somebody's life to, 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 to speak great truths, especially in terms of, of, of God and maybe somebody's relationship with God. And, mm-hmm. and, and for me, the more the merrier on one hand. So yes, I do like the large crowds because the laughs are louder and the, and the, and the engagement is, is bigger. And the, there, there is definitely uh, strength in numbers. But I think we all as speakers and entertainers and musicians, we have to be able to to recognize the fact that some of that's for me, right? right? Like it's okay. Like I had a mentor once say, it's okay to appreciate the moment. It's okay to need and desire that a little bit. Right. Um, it's like wearing perfume. It's okay to wear a little bit of cologne. You just don't want to drink it, right? <laughs> so that's right. a real old time sort of proverb, country proverb. But there's so much truth in that. So it's okay to step out on that stage in front of thousands, entertain, motivate, inspire, and yeah. you yourself leave and go, wow, I feel good about that. They laughed at my jokes. They were tracking with my stories. Uh, there was uh, a lot of engagement when I talked about the, the spiritual vulnerability of, of knowing God. And it's a beautiful thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um and, and I think that's okay as long as you're not constantly going, this was about me. I'm so good at what I do. Right. You know, that's when it becomes dangerous. And I think that's when a lot of people fall into, you know, dangerous traps, extramarital affairs, mishandling money. Um, we see a lot in churches today where, you know, Matt, let's just be honest. The, the big thing in church right now, if you don't mind me going there, is past abuse that was swept under the rug. Mm-hmm. And it was swept under the rug because one, people didn't know how to deal with it. Just oh, yeah. be honest. Let's not hate on churches. Let's just no. be real and say they didn't know what the heck to do. No. But two, they were also trying to protect the franchise. Yeah. The same way if the media would have screamed out, you know, McDonald's has got, uh, you know, human blood in their hamburgers. <laughs> so right. now they, they try to save the franchise. Right. And sometimes you get a little too big for who you are. That it becomes not about victims, not about the people, not about the hurting, not even about the mission trip that's in the city, right. but it becomes about me and my brand and saving me. Yeah. Having said all that is probably the reason why getting back to the roots and discovering a love for the intimate, mm-hmm. for that room that's got just a hundred people in it. Yeah. And in that regard, you know what I'm able to do? I'm able to meet every single person in that camp that mm-hmm. week, multiple times Yes, between myself and you and other staffers, yeah. every camper, every teenager, every leader has an opportunity to sit down mm-hmm. with a staffer and talk shop, talk life, yeah. talk God, do some great things. 
So ultimately getting back to the roots was important for me. And I think that's why I initially, not only one, did I find that to be captivating. I think it's why I ended up planning a church with a very same similar philosophy, which just so happened to be the church, you know, Nomad Church where you film the live album. Yeah. Well, and it's funny, like what you're talking about, about being able to talk to like individuals and stuff when you have those moments. So, uh, you know, now that I'm a youth pastor, um, I'm doing a lot of things that if I told you, you would probably just laugh and be like, oh, I believe you, though. Yeah, (laughs) right. But uh, you're going to speak at an event that I'm taking my kids to next month called Fire That's right. I'm looking forward to that. And I am too, because, well, one, I haven't seen you in forever. <laughs> so I was like, oh, this, I'll get to see Bill. But we were talking about um, them having these breakout sessions and they're like, well, you know, Bill's the speaker. Um, and he could speak at one of these breakout sessions. And again, I, I know you pretty well. So like yeah, I can yeah. kind of speak into that and be like, yeah, yeah, he can. And so they're like, but if we had somebody else who could speak at some of these breakout sessions, maybe Bill would enjoy being able to have a different kind of session where he gets to meet with the leaders and yeah. get to know them and take a question and answer thing. Yeah, well, I know yeah. you. So yeah, I'm like, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, all of the above for me, exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm like, if you could give him that opportunity, I said, I think that Bill, he could do the other, um, but he also has a heart for. I think equipping people and letting them say, so here's what's going on in my youth group, which that was one thing at radius um, that sometimes could be awesome. And sometimes could be really difficult is those nightly planning sessions when you would sit down and what everybody who was a leader would come into a room, listen to the leaders, like what they were going through and try to walk through some things. And sometimes it was very constructive and helpful. And then sometimes you know, you and I would kind of look at each other across the room of like, are we really talking about this for 20 minutes? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and it's like as a youth pastor now wearing a different hat, I'm seeing that side of it yeah. and going, oh, okay. Yeah. So this Were is you a with whole... me. I won't name names and I won't even name the camp, but I, it, it, it might have yeah. been in, in Melbourne, but I won't name the situation Okay. Um, where the guy was just like, I just want to appreciate you guys for having this kind of theology. And he throws it out there. And we were like, that's not really our theology, but for some reason, you know what I mean? That's what he was. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like we were just to us and this is the way I've always been. (laughs) And and it's like, well, pretty much just sharing stories of Jesus and speaking of grace and authenticity Mm -hmm. and vulnerability and, and and accountability and 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 he thought I was totally going down a certain uh, avenue of uh, you know and it's a it's an honest uh, take of the scripture but right. not what we are right you right. know what I'm saying right right and that, that's one of those examples that you're talking about where we do want to hear from those leaders yeah but sometimes there, there, there can be a leader that tries to monopolize things or whatever, but yeah. I will tell you that the, the conference that we're about to do uh, the, the year before COVID they, they've been off, but the year before COVID, when I got to do it, I had, uh, it was one of the, uh, um, it was the last year that I was speaking full time okay. that I did that event. And they asked me to do a breakout with the leaders. And it was one of the most dynamic, and um, really meaningful times because 
they were coming into Q&A me, and it was sort of like these podcasts. You probably have four or five questions, but they kind of organically take up, you know, a personality of their own based on the the speaker and our relationship together. So I asked one simple question of something. And before I knew it, a lady raises her hand and she asked, uh, I'm a mom. I'm not a professional. I'm a mom, but I'm leading the group. How do I do this? I gave my answer. Then another person raised his hand. 30, 40 minutes later, they were just loving on this lady, man, loving this sister. And the professionals, the greatest youth pastors, you know, in Illinois and Indiana had converged into here Hmm. to, to do great things. And the reality is, is they treated her like she was the greatest. And I, so, so if that's what you guys have been talking about, I look forward to that because that was really meaningful, man. Well, and like, I'll I'll, I'll hope to experience that again. Well, and even as you're saying that, that takes me to like another road of like part of the reason, like, you know, as a band, it's not like we didn't work with a lot of speakers. Right. But did I do multiple engagements where we chose to work with repeat well, that makes speakers? Sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. There was a handful. Yeah. <laughs> you were on that list. A oh. couple of others were on that list. Yeah, and not, not because anybody sucks or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like it was, it was being on the same page of how to do ministry. Yeah. And I think one thing I appreciated about you, and it's kind of, I think what you're talking about is so I think you and I look at the ministry of Jesus yeah. and go, so here's this guy that isn't necessarily the establishment guy. Right. In fact, the establishment. The, the exa- exact opposite. Right. It's kind of like, what's yeah. up with that dude? And I don't think either one of us were like, rebel rousers but i think we were definitely so you know maybe a little less liturgical is that fair to say i I think so i i actually call myself an iconoclast in my old days okay and what that that's just a 50 cent word for you know uh visionary for a, a person that uh if i could paraphrase it a person that does it for the right reasons but a person that's not afraid, not afraid to push the envelope, yeah. you know, the why, I guess what I'm trying to say is the why is important to us. Right. Yes. Why, why are we doing this? Why do we do this? Why do we say this? Why do we sing this? Uh-huh. Why do we believe this? Why are our actions this way? Why are our actions towards, uh, you know, unbelievers, outsiders of Christianity? We all believe something. So I like to use the term outsiders of Christianity as as right. opposed to unbelievers. Right. But you know, why do we do this stuff? And, and I think that's, I think that's you to a degree as well. And, oh and my think, gosh. Yeah. And I think probably even more so with our church here in Melbourne, Florida. Yeah. So and more Melbourne. so the older I get. Yeah. More so that way. Like I always say this statement, I don't think this is like reinventing the wheel, but like, I believe if Jesus were to come back again, do, do it the same way he did it before. I am a firm believer that the same thing would happen. Yeah. The the establishment, right? The establishment would go, who's this hippie? Yeah. Says he's the son of God. He's probably got some gay friends um, hanging out with people we don't think he should hang out with. Yeah. Loving on people. Yeah. And we'd crucify him again. That's what I think. 
And for three years, he would have this ministry, just like in the scripture, approximately three years. And the mega churches would book him to speak about the first year and a half. <laughs> right. And then he's going to have that conversation that he had in John chapter six, where he says, unless you eat of my body and drink of my blood, you have no part of me. Mm -hmm. And the mega church is going to start stepping away. <laughs> yep. And be like, oh, no, no. We you know thought I mean? you were. Yeah. No, I. And, and, and maybe it's not fair to just point out the mega church because I think there's small churches too that are just like yeah. so steeped and this is how we do it. Let's. You know, and, and even speakers and bands, speakers like me, musicians like you and youth pastors now like you who are like so self-absorbed in what they're doing, mm -hmm. they would miss that Jesus is within their midst. Correct. You know I mean? The person you had been talking about, teaching about and hearing about is yeah. here and yeah. you just miss it because it wasn't what we thought it was supposed to be. Right. And like, yeah, yeah. And again, I hate to use the book of John again, but, you know, it, it rings true. John chapter four, the woman at the well, I think it's why in that situation, she's like, well, how can I have this eternal life? Where do I go to get it? And Jesus is like, it's right here in front of you. Right. And I think if Jesus was to come back, sadly, many of us would be like that woman at the well, carrying our shame, mm -hmm. not willing to speak to others and that's why in this day and age of my life vulnerability is such a a topic and the conference we're about to do the theme is awakening mm -hmm. and i'm going to talk a little bit about what that looks like and 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 being willing to admit your brokenness and be vulnerable with those that can constructively point you in the right direction is a huge means to finding the awakening of god in our lives yeah. Because yeah. people see things that we can't and vice versa. Right. No. Well, hey, and we might as well just say this, man. We're talking about it. Uh, February 25th, February 26th, yeah. Troy, Illinois, uh, Methodist Church in Troy. You can always contact me through this you know, yeah. podcast or anything like we would love to have you other churches because um, I think it is. And like my like kids are hungry, you know, because yeah. of COVID and not being able to do things like these conferences and stuff, yeah. they haven't been able to come together. And, and like, I, I now have a youth group who just over this last year, I graduated 10 seniors and like 10 kids who were like, we opened the doors, they were here. Okay. Yeah. Like involved. Yeah. So I graduated them. Like some hall of famers. Oh, definitely. Uh, and, I mean, yeah. and now I have an influx of middle schoolers. Yeah. And so the dynamic in this room has changed. And I also have an influx of non-believers, yeah, which is well, awesome, good, right? Yeah. It's awesome, but it's just me thinking of different ways to do things. So my kids are a little bit excited because fire up for them is high school only. And yeah, so yeah. they're kind of excited just well, not that they sense. don't, you know, like not that they don't yeah. love the middle schoolers, but just to get away and maybe go a little deeper because that's where they're at. And so Nothing they're, with that. Yeah. yeah. And they're, they're pretty pumped about this. So, yeah, I think you, you basically said it, man. It's just about like, I think we both have always said, let's just be real. Um, yeah. I think that's why even with movies and stuff, we would go see where maybe if we said some of the movies we would see, people would be like, you guys are Christ followers and you went to see Entourage, the movie the movie <laughs> and you know like yeah because yeah. we liked the show and so it's yeah. just like we've always kind of been real and like well this is who we are yeah. we don't claim to be perfect um we're just trying to do the best we can so so i gotta ask you just a couple of like 
you're going to think I'm like putting you on the spot. You, you can answer oh, vaguely right. if you want. So we've done a lot of tours and events and things together. And so I know there were numerous times where we were like, Bill, here's the hot new single. You're going to hear us play this 50 times. Um, and you might've been like, yeah, that's great. Or you might've been like, not a fan. Um, was there any song that we would do probably repeatedly that that you leaned to again I'm, it's like i'm putting you on the spot no um, no i i know i know i have the answer what what would that um, song be it's, I'm curious. it's your creation song man really your creation song yeah and 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 it's not even like like if you were to it's it's not the radio play song right okay. you know what i mean because yeah. yeah. it's 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 got the it's got the voice track in it of billy graham and then it's i think right Yes. Oh, and yeah, 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 yeah. It's got this, the big crescendo of the beginning, if you close your eyes with the big giant marching bass drum and uh, and some of the synthesizer, there's this, to me, it's thunder and lightning, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's creation. Am wow, I right? dude. Wow. You never thought of it that way? Well, it's it, creation coming together. It It's funny you said that because I do remember you telling us we used to open, it's called Seven. Exactly. And we used, right. we used to open with it. And I remember like going, I had a conversation with you about it. And I was like, yeah. I don't know, like if we, if we nailed this, I remember when we were writing it, like mulling over the lyrics and even sending them to somebody else. And like, yeah, the back and forth was like, does this make sense? And blah, blah. And I remember you saying, dude, I'm going to tell you when you all open with that song. And if you remember, that was when we were traveling with that piano, that upright piano. And so- yeah. I would oh, totally makes <laughs> right like run over and, and start banging on that. And it was the absolute uh, heyday of uh, like Coldplay. Yes, yes, right. Total yes. same error. So yeah. it fit. It worked. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's you know interesting because I because mean? I, I forgot kind of yeah. about that song. But and the trickiest part for you musicians listening, we called it seven, and it was written in seven. So every drummer who would play it you have to leave off that eighth beat because it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one, two, three. So right. you want to play it in eight or in, or in fours. And it would always be like, there was like a little fill at the end of that one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, dig, dig, one, two, back to that, which it was like a, Hey, let's get hype song. Like that's let's right. get the crowd going thing. Uh, that's, that's kind of cool that you said that song, man. So now, Hey, that's deep dives. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go that check out seven. It's, it's got to be on streaming somewhere, I think. Gotta so um, that was song. So uh, we talked about the Nashville thing, but was there ever one gig? You have to narrow it down, I know. Yeah. That was just like an epic evening where the stars aligned. Um, and you were like, man, like the music was jamming. You came up knocked them down speaking and just the spirit was moving was there yeah. any of those that really stand out to you man i just i i it, it's been so long it's hard to really pick it has been out. a while dude you know what i mean it, it really has um there was know. one night where we played in um shoot i want to say louisiana kentwood louisiana bingo that was a big night and remember, yep. it was like this small town, yeah, small-ish church where there was one speaker hanging from the ceiling. Yep, yep. 
Chase comes in, does his Chase magic. Yep. And I think every church that was in that town came out that night. Yep. And I just remember there being something cool about just like the spirit moving. Now you actually picked my brain a little bit. Yeah. We actually had two, two events within back-to-back years. The okay. one you're speaking of is, is possibly Kentwood. No, no. The one you're thinking of was in the church, right? Yes. Okay. Because then a year later or so, maybe a year and a half, we did an event in the fall in the youth room that was an old post office. See at the pole rally. That's right. But going back to that church setting was really cool. Because it was this old time country church that you could argue is steeped in some of those things we just argued about or, you know, kind of pointed out. And yet they embraced us. And that was a phenomenal night, actually. Well, and if you remember to get there, there were roads that were washed out. They had had some sort of storm. That's right. So we were like, is this still on? Yeah. And we would hit dead ends. See, this is... This yeah, they is, had a hurricane, so roads were washed out. Yes. And yet the place was still packed that oh, night. packed, you know I mean? man. And, and I remember, again, like you said, the older I get, the, the memories cloud a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But if memory serves me correctly, I remember there just being like a response, whether you had an altar call or something, there was just like a response from people yeah. of like, they were listening, they were tracking, they wanted to go deeper. And like, it just was a really good evening. And, and the thing about you doing some of these gigs with us, like people need to understand the speaker doesn't always ride in the 15 passenger van with the band, (laughs) but on a lot of gigs, that was it, man. Like we'd pick you up or meet you somewhere. I'd fly in somewhere and be (laughs) like, Hey, let me roll with you. And we would just, well, you and I would mostly Cause I'd rather roll with the gang and the guys than be in a rental car by myself. Exactly. Well, and we would talk movies and sports Yeah. and uh, you know, like have a good old time, but, but you know, like think about this, like we're trying to get to this gig. We're trying to get there on time. You got to speak. We got to play. We got to set up and roads are closed. And so, you know, there's these things of like, God, is this all going to work out? But yeah, some of those things and you've, again, you've traveled for years as well. I usually tell the stories about the bad things. Yeah. I don't usually tell the stories about the things where everything went smoothly. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's not as much, I don't know, like the bad things well, kind of make yeah, us it leads, it leads, right? So the, the, yeah. the, the magic stories are more fun, but right. No, but I, but I get that. Yeah. That was a good night. Yeah. I, that, that was one of my favorite. Okay. So, so two, two things, two more things and I'll let you, I'll let you go. So one thing I have to talk about, that I've always appreciated about you because I'm an only child. Yeah, yeah. And so I can't remember. I don't think she came the first time, but on a lot of trips, you would bring your daughter with you. That's right. Yeah. And I She's always an only child. Yes. And I <laughs> always just appreciated. I don't know, man. Just like the 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 daughter father relationship that the two of you had, yeah. and, and Zoe, like you never had like. She could entertain herself. Yeah. Didn't have to like babysit her. Right, right. And if she showed up at a camp, you'd look up and the next thing she had jumped in a group. Oh, yeah. She's either been put herself (laughs) to work at a t-shirt table or she's in a small group. Yeah. 
and adopted by that group for the week or something. Yes. And I always was impressed by just her. And honestly, dude, it's like a testament to you and your wife of how you raised her to just be. And so I'm going to ask this question and I don't want to know the answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Yeah. So how old is she now? (laughs) She's uh, just graduated high school last, last summer and is just started her second semester of college. So, you know, and, and by the way, when you said, Hey, welcome to the great romance podcast or whatever, she had just happened to walk in the door from school. (laughs) She stayed in town to go to state college here. Uh And uh, her eyes lit up when she heard your voice say, it's Matt with the great romance. She went, oh, I mean, like this. So so no, she waved high and then she had to get changed and haul off to work where she works. She's at just got a job at Chick-fil-A. And please tell her I said hi. Oh, I will. One of her greatest memories, though, let me share this real quick. All right. Is you guys in our 1200 square foot. (laughs) Here's another great story. I know I you're going. a 1200 square foot duplex <laughs> and I'm being conservative when I say 1200, right? <laughs> um, it might actually be more like 10 and a half to 11. I'm not sure where the 12 came from. And one of her greatest memories is at least two, maybe three times we had a day over where we were staying, you know, so our lodging here locally was done. And we'd have one more day before we haul out. Right. Maybe we were going to go to Disney the next day and then yeah. go or something or, or Universal. And so you guys would, all four of you would pile into our duplex. My <laughs> wife, how she was totally cool with that, I have no idea. I don't know either, dude. <laughs> Is it Corey sharing the pink princess bed? Corey? I'm, I'm pretty so sure. So my daughter would get a cot in the master room with me and my wife. Yes. And just... Corey in the princess bed will be a memory I live with the rest of my life. You know. Yes, I believe but, that you owe her a present just for. Oh yeah. Allowing that to happen, yeah. you know what I mean? But, and I re- I yeah. remember us all like sitting in your living room, and if you remember, again watching movies, it's what we did. That was the first time we watched um, Almost Famous together. Yes. And, and then that. Favorite dog. <laughs> So we play a camp at my back door. Yes, and Bill loves this song. And you know, chasing the guys can play whatever. And Bill's like, hey, can we uh can we start with fever dog tonight? I'm like, what's fever dog? And you're like, we cover some fever dog, right? And so we covered it and you sang it. Like you sang it. And we were just like, yeah, doing our it was during sound check, but we yes, yes. But you were like one of Zoe's favorite memories of her childhood is sharing dinner around our dining table with all you guys. The great romance was eating at her table. It was like, oh, yeah. 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 But still, dude, like just, I mean, just a good, she's just a good kid. And, and, you you know, and I know it's, it's parenting and, and that's the thing of like, you know, you being a dad who had to travel a lot and finding a way to make that work where you you would take her with you sometime and then you'd have to be away from her sometime and i and i remember you always being intentional i'm yeah. gonna brag on you for a little bit oh, thank of you. of saying i'm gonna go talk to my wife and i'm gonna go talk to my daughter yeah and being intentional saying like i need you know what i mean like i'm gone but i need to have some time so it's like 
you know, I don't forget who you are. I'm here if you need something. It might have even been talking about math homework, dude. I, I remember helping her with math homework. I tell you, it wouldn't have been math homework. I was like, yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty good at, at math. And I remember like sitting down and going through, because I taught school. And uh, it takes a village. Oh, dude, dude, so much. Okay, so so the last thing, and I will yeah. say, like, as we're talking, what's funny is one story leads to another story leads to another story i'm like we literally like people don't even understand we haven't even scratched the surface really like these are just like these are highlights but i don't want to keep you here all day i know you have things to do um so i wrote this down because i think you're gonna die laughing so (laughs) when when you and i would i would drive a lot and um chase would never drive and so i would drive the van a lot and you would be my co-captain yeah so we would talk about everything so yeah. Bill and I are both into sports. Um, I don't know how much you still are. I'm not as into it as I used to be. Yeah. But at, yeah. at the time, like, you know, we were watching whatever, baseball, basketball, yeah. high, it didn't matter. College oh, football, cool. you, college yeah, football yeah. guy. Um, and so I don't remember what got us on this subject. <laughs> but we started – we started arguing about who was better, Jim Edmonds or Andrew Jones. Hang on, hang on. I see your Braves hat in the background. <laughs> oh, I get, wait, I get, I'm going to oh. get a picture of that. I'll, this, I'll use this as the promo. Rock that Braves hat right there. That's it, man. Um, <laughs> and, and again, you also have to understand this about both of us. And we're friends, so I can say this. Yeah. We, we also are stubborn. Both yeah. of us. Like, we have yeah. a stubborn side to us. So, what Bill was always good at is you would, you could see if it was bugging me. <laughs> and you would maybe go, I might stick the knife in a little bit yeah. more. This a little bit. Yeah. In, in the most friendly way. I don't mean that to sound hateful. Like, no, exactly. In the most friendly way. So, you'd be like, I think That's I'm. That's why I'm laughing. Because, whoops. <laughs> you'd be like i i think i might have him here because as we started to talk about it what's funny is you braves fan me cardinals fan you remember the guy who was on your team so i started talking about the merits of jim edmonds as if edmonds and andrew jones aren't even in the same conversation right right right. then you start googling stuff so then you start saying i'm like well evans had more gold gloves well i don't think he did so we start we start talking and I was so mad, possibly because you were correct. Yeah. And I couldn't I let it. <laughs> and I couldn't let it go. Um, yeah. but, and I am here to tell you today that I do put them on the same level. Because okay. I've also done the research. <laughs> and Andrew Jones, Andrew Jones had quite a career. I think what it was too was when we were having the conversation, it might have been at the tail end of Andrew Jones's career yeah. when all he did was strike out, hit 215, well, and still hit 40 home runs. I, I think I think guys that are tremendous defenders like that, mm-hmm. their body takes a toll. Yes. It's yeah. probably why Dale Murphy will never be in the Hall of Fame. Yep. Because it is the the longevity of those last three years. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody remembers those last three years. So, yep. well, we're um, seeing it with Albert Pujols. Yeah, I I would argue if Chicago Bears fans are going to put Devin Hester in the Hall of Fame, yeah, 
because he was a returner and that's all he did, but he did yeah. something no one else could ever do. Right. I, I do think guys like Andrew Jones and I'll, I'll even say Jim Edmonds yeah. should at least get more votes Yeah, yeah. Because, because what they did defensively for pitchers, yes. pitchers could do things that they couldn't normally do. Yeah. I mean, he would play so shallow. It was scary how shallow he would yeah. play. Like I, I think, I think what got you frustrated was I finally just went like below the belt and was like, the best thing about Jim Edmonds is his Tourette syndrome. <laughs> and then I remember Corey or somebody in the back going, Ooh, too soon out of bounds flag on the play. It's so funny though, to look and be like in the moment I was genuinely yeah. upset. And now I'm just like, what an idiot I was. Yeah, who cares? We're, we're literally talking about two of the greatest guys to play on teams exactly. that followed that helped win championships. Exactly. And probably the Andrew Jones one bothers me more because I will never forget when he came up as a yeah. rookie yeah. that 96 year where the yep. Cardinals were up three games to one in the playoffs. Yeah. One went away. I'm in college, a freshman in college. I'm like, oh my gosh, like the Cardinals are going to the World Series. Yeah. And I never would have picked this team. And we proceeded to lose the next four games. Yeah. And the Braves destroyed us. And Andrew Jones, I think hit 750 in that World oh, Series yep. as like a rookie. Yeah. Um and I was like, oh my gosh, man. So the yes, Braves I, went on to win the World Series. They, yeah, and it's like, correctly. yeah, and you just, that's when you got to tip the cap, man. Like, there's just, yeah, yeah. hey, and side note, speaking of, are we ever going to have baseball? I, I hope so. It's It's got me, you know, so with the, the day the World Series ends, I always put on Facebook, pitchers and catchers report in, it was right. like, what, 120 days or something. Yeah. Yeah. And with the lockout, who knows how long that'll be. They're supposed to report in about two weeks. Oh my God. But I, I just, I, I don't see it happening. They're not even on this. They're not even close to the same no. page right now. No, it's like they're not even talking either. Yeah, they're not even talking right now. So hopefully, hopefully the owners will sort of get back to the table and, you know, um, yeah. and get, you know, because I'm interested, you know, I'm, are, are you interested in the DH in the National League or are you anti? Because exactly. I was for years. Me too. But I'm, I'm tired of seeing two pitchers that can hit. Yeah. You know, yeah. Max Freed and, you know, Scherzer, yeah. and that's about it. I'm, I'm done seeing pitchers I, wasting at bat. Yes. I think I I'm think, okay to see the DH. I think the biggest reason I changed my mind on it too is because there's a rumor that if the DH passes, the Cardinals will bring Pujols back for one year and let him retire right. with Wayno and Yachty. And that and I, really is the right thing to do. Yes. Yeah. You know? I mean, like what he meant, you yeah. know, that Angels, whatever, yeah. man. It's just not the same guy. Uh, it'd be neat yeah. to see those three go out together. Right. Um, and yeah, I think before I was like a purist and like, Oh no, DH and oh, you know, it was me for separate. Years. Yeah, and now I I don't care either. I think I'm just like, it's, yeah, man. It's, it's because the game has changed so much. A pitcher now only goes three innings, four at the max. Right, and, right. And it's just so different now. Well, yeah. And don't even get us because we'd need another thirty minutes. But don't even get us started on the NBA today. Yeah. yeah compared yeah. to what we used to watch. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. Mean, yeah. I I can almost not stomach it. I like I I still follow loosely. But it's just, uh, yeah, yeah. I saw a thing where Shaquille O'Neal said, "I couldn't play today because I can't shoot threes." 
And so you'd take a guy that was one of the most dominant centers in the game yeah. who was multiple rings and you'd go like, you wouldn't even make a team. Yeah. You can't jack up threes. And he's like, I'd foul out in the first 15 minutes. <laughs> True story. <laughs> so not fun. Oh man. Um, oh, last thing, say this real quick, dude. So yeah. you have a different career. Obviously you still will speak once in a while, Absolutely. but Absolutely. T- talk about what you're doing and why you transitioned yeah. into this. Cause it's interesting. Well, it's, you, it's probably something we'll need to pick up in season four. Okay. We okay. have a little more time, but yeah. for, for, to keep it brief, um, I, I just always felt like God was calling me to a bivocational kind of ministry mm-hmm. because I want to be a pastor that doesn't make a paycheck. Right. That has nothing to do with my theology that if you're a pastor, you make a paycheck. I'm not, I'm not anti-scripture with that. It's right, not, right. it's not anti-scripture to make a paycheck uh, <laughs> um, if you're doing it correctly and obviously ethically. Right. Um, I just, for what my ministry is, I'm a missionary. I'm a different kind of missionary and I don't want to be a pastor that makes a check. Yep. And so in order to do that, I had to find another career with, because I wanted to be local more than on the road, wanted to have mm-hmm. a local ministry. And so, and I'm not even really the pastor of a church. We don't even call ourselves a church. We're an intentional Christian community. And several of us go to different kinds of churches, but we all make an intention to come back and meet. The Nomad Group is uh, was a church at one point because right. you you came and sang, but then, yeah. but I was making a salary, right? right? And so, in order to get to where God was leading us, we had to let Nomad go away for a little bit. And in twenty twenty two, and you don't even know this yet, no. in twenty twenty two, Nomad's coming back. All right, dude. Yeah, Shady's back, baby. You know, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you got that song in your head now. Yeah. Um, and it's an intentional Christian community. We go to different churches, but we've all remained friends and we come back. And so I, in order to do that, in order to facilitate that ministry, I had to find another career. And I've always wanted to be in law enforcement. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that's, you know, it's a weird time to get into law enforcement right now. Mm-hmm. Um, because of, you know, some of the things, certain cities that feel a certain way about law enforcement. But the reality is, is that there is some good change coming to that profession, some needed change, especially in terms of uh, our relationship with, with people of color and and other minorities. So I'm at a time where my ministry, both for nomad, but also a career like law enforcement is being used mightily. And I'm thankful for that. Yeah. But really, you know me, what what was some of our touring? It was the Freedom Tour. Remember that? Yep. We would do these human trafficking awareness. Trafficking, man. Yeah. And yeah. so now I'm able, I just I guess I got tired of just educating. I wanted to go out and fight human trafficking. So I'm getting to do that now. I'm getting to yeah. really fight crime. And I work for the city of Cocoa Beach. I'm a I'm a road patrol officer for the city of Cocoa Beach. Mm-hmm. And moving forward, I'm going to be involved with, uh, you know, I'm sure doing more community policing as well as more investigative stuff and look forward to seeing what 2022, as we sort of kick the nomad family back off again, which means we'll have to have at some point, maybe in 2023, have the great romance back. Yeah, you know? dude. Well, and, and I will tell you this, and this is just down the road thinking slash dreaming. Yeah. But you know, Lindsay, my wife, and yeah. I love Disney World. Oh, yeah. Uh, your family as well. We'll include that. 
Disney World. Well, and and one day, our, like our dream is to build or get a small home down there. Yeah. Where that would be like our vacation place, but then yeah, yeah. one day retire there. Sweet, um, man. Like, like 20, 30 minutes outside of Orlando. Where you and I are going to be 80 and fishing in the, you know, off the Atlantic. Hey. <laughs> well, I think we would be the two old Jim guys. Edmund still sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Just I think we'd be the two old guys in the balcony on the Muppets. I think that. Would oh, be- that's without a doubt. That we would be, but we love it down there. And like, yeah, as soon yeah. as I heard you were going into law enforcement, immediately that's where my head. Was. I was like, yeah. Bill has been passionate about standing up against human trafficking yeah, yeah, for as yeah. long as I can remember him. He's probably like, you know what? I'm tired of just raising money to fight this thing. Yeah roll up the sleeves. So I, I know it fits with you, but like yeah, you said, it it's not like you still can't speak the occasional thing. No, we still and, do a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. We're still raising money, still speaking. Yeah. And now I'm able to, to kind of get my hands and feet dirty and, 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 yeah. and, and helping the situation. You know? I think it's, I think it's great. Um, dude, this has been awesome. And, cool, um, you know, places where my I, expectations. I've yeah, man. Time. Like places I thought we would go, we did, but then even other things that I was like, oh, I forgot about that. So uh, I have been Matt. This has been Bill Stanley. This has been the Great Romance Podcast. And uh, thank you for being here, Bill. Thanks for having me, man. See you soon. All right, man. <laughs>